0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, what you've just seen is one of the most popular commercials that happened this Christmas. Uh, it was done by a Dutch pharmacy company. that was not even in the United States that played. However, it's had over 7 million YouTube uh, videos that have watched. And the pharmacy company put it out, and their goal was to get people to be healthy, to take care of your body, and to, to get stronger. I think there's a greater message than that in this video, and that's the message of love that a grandfather would go through all that he did to be able to pick up his granddaughter, lift her up, and put a star on a tree. I tell you, the first time I I, I watched that, I had to admit um, there were tears because that is love, amen? And as I thought of that over the Christmas holiday, I saw that, uh, that commercial, I first saw it about the first part of December. I kept thinking about that all through, through our Rediscover Christmas series and thinking about where that might fit. And I just, I just never did. But today, it seemed like the right moment. For you see, today as we start off 2021, uh, I want us to st- talk about the greatest love we've ever experienced that any person can ever experience, and that's the love of Christ. Amen. And as we begin 2021, we begin with observing the Lord's Supper. We will take the elements. You've already received your elements. And, and it's the greatest love of a father who loves his children so much that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. And so this morning, as I were thinking through this week, what, where would we go? I want you to take your Bibles, whether you turn them on or flip them open, and go to Romans chapter 5. Because in Romans chapter 5, we're going to look at just two verses. And I want us to unpack this idea. Uh, I want us to talk about original sin and God's justification. Original sin and God's justification. Because the truth of the matter is, we are all sinners in need of a saving. And we cannot do it on our own. It's only through the love of the Father that we can be justified. And so this new, new Sunday of this 2021, I want us to begin reminding ourselves of why we gather We don't gather on Sunday mornings because there's nothing better to do. We don't gather on Sunday morning because uh, this is the coolest place to be. We don't gather on Sunday morning because we like everybody in the room. Now, I hope we do like everybody in the room with the exception of one or two. But, you know, everybody has those in our family tree, right? But I hope we gather for one purpose. That's because God's on his throne and he loves us and he sent his one and only son. And we want, to, we want to honor and grow in Christ. So this morning as we begin 2021, would you stand as we honor God's reading of his holy word? These two verses in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. You'll see them on the screen if you don't have them turned on or opened. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Let's pray together. Father, today, speak. For we want to hear from you, because you loved us, you sent your one and only son, he died for us, so that we can have life everlasting. God, we recognize that we need you, and so Father, today speak, and may we hear. For it's in your son's name we pray, Amen. So it's real simple. As we look at these two verses, we, we find this idea uh, that I want you to catch today. If you're taking notes, and I hope you do, if you picked up your notes, listen, they tell us that that if you'll write something down, you're 10 times more likely to remember it than it would be if you just listen. So I hope you'll take notes. I hope you're, you're paying attention. Here's the big idea I want you to catch. You'll see it on the screen. We are sinner, sinful because Adam's disobedience, but we can be made righteous because christ obedience we are sinful people and it's all because of adam but we can be made righteous because christ obedience and so let's unpack that for a few minutes because there's some things about this text that while we jump up and say amen to there's others that we ooh, i'm not sure i don't know how how that goes I don't know, but my chances are, my guess is, most of us in this room don't like to be told what to do. Or if we're told what to do, we, we want it to be by somebody who loves us and cares for us. We certainly don't want somebody else's actions reflecting on us. We'd rather be in control of our own actions and therefore whatever the consequences are than having somebody else Actions make consequences for us. But the truth of the matter is, Scripture teaches that because of Adam's sin, you and I are sinners. We are sinners because Adam sinned. Let me try to break this down. When I played played freshman football, one of the things we did every end of every practice no matter what we did, how good our practice was, our coach was going to line us up, and we were all going to spread across the field, and we were going to do a cadence drill. A cadence drill is real simple. We're going, to, we're going to get in our down position, we're going to listen, and he's going to tell us if we're going on one, two, three, four, whatever the number is. And we're to listen, and we're not to get up and run until that number has been called. Real simple. But you gotta remember, as freshmen, we've practiced all day, we've been in school, it's hot, we're ready to go home. So we get down in the down position, he'll say on one, ready, Said hut, and the next thing is you're gonna run 50 yards. You're not gonna walk that 50 yards, you're gonna run that 50 yards. Don't be the last one. So you run your 50 yards, get on the line. We're gonna go back. Now we're going on three, ready, set, hut, 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 and there you take off. But if you take off too soon, we're backing everybody up 10 yards. Not just you who took off, the entire team. I remember one afternoon of practice, we would backed up to 100 yards. It was hot. We were ready to go home. I wasn't sure that there wasn't going to be a fight when we got to the locker room, because one kid kept jumping. And the coach was going to make sure we were going to be disciplined, because if you can't do it in practice, you're certainly not going to do it in a game. That one student's action cost the rest of us quite a bit of running that day. Quite a bit of running and no breaks. When we think about Adam's sin, that's the same kind of thing here. What Adam does, what Adam and Eve do in the garden affects you and I today. We are all sinners because of that. So here's what I want to do. I want to break down the text with us. You'll see that there are really two points come out of that big idea. The first one is we are sinful because of Adam's disobedience. That's what, let's talk about that for just a moment. When we... Came into this world, we were sinners because we come from the line of Adam. Doesn't matter how good you are, no, doesn't matter how good you tried to be, you are a sinner because of what Adam did. Because he sinned, you automatically get classified. You could try all you want to to live the perfect holy life, and yet you're still. Considered a sinner because what he did. Look at verse 19 again with me. Verse 19 says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. Well, let's understand that, that, that phrase there, many. Um, we, we get lost in this idea because what, what is the terminology for many? Why is it some, it gives the in inclination that for some people they didn't become a sinner but many others did. that's not quite how that works. Uh, Matthew or Romans uh, 12 verse chapter 5 verse 12 just a few verses up says when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death so death spread to everyone for everyone what church? Sin. So we we know this. The word many there is to represent The entire nation. Uh, We we catch that in other places in Paul's writing, and so that's the the designation there. Oftentimes, you and I would read it in our English translations and think that doesn't mean everybody, but in this moment, it does. It means the entire population, and we know that's backed up through scripture. You know, we read that in Romans uh, 5.12. We also know Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Or for all, of, I was going to 623, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, right? For who? All. So it doesn't matter. doesn't matter how good you are. It's because Adam sinned. And, and sometimes we struggle with that idea because we don't want somebody else causing us conflict. Well, there's a theological term you'll find. We'll see, see it on the screen. It's called the doctrine of the imputation, and uh, I think Wayne Grudem says this best in one of his books. It says, it "says uh, when Adam sinned, and and that sin and its blame went back up. When Adam sinned, and that sin and bl- its blame was rightly regarded to by God to be our sin as well. In other words. What Adam did, he's the father, it affects all of us. And you can go, well, I don't think that's fair. I, I get that. I understand. But there's this, there's this moment that we've inherited from, from Adam. Now, I'm at that age where I'm, I'm having to pay attention to some things that, I, that, that, that make be issues for me because they were issues for others in my family. You know, for years, I didn't really pay attention to what my mom and dad and their health issues, my grandparents' health issues. uh, You know, I'm getting, I haven't hit that five something number, that five zero number yet, and yet I'm having to pay attention to that. You know, last month when I had my surgery, uh, they they call and they want to ask me all these questions about what health issues my family's had I've had to write those down and put them in my phone because number one I won't remember them but but I have to know those things now because some of that stuff is passed on I've inherited some of those 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 things well that's how it is with with Adam and the sin we've inherited those things sometimes sometimes people have inherited uh, you know illnesses and they have diseases because somebody else in their family has some things uh, we have people in our world that that struggle and have struggled because their family struggled i mean let I me mean, this way i had a good friend for many years we were when we lived in the community together good friend his father was an alcoholic I can remember on nights, they haven't heard from his father in days, we'd get in the car and we'd we'd gotten in the car and gone to different places to find his dad. No question he'd be drunk, no question he'd be um, liable to be pulled over because he was driving, uh, check the jail, those types of things. But here's the thing, my friend would never take a sip of alcohol. He said, I am so afraid that I'll become an alcoholic like my father, that that gene is in me. Now, according to the American Society of Addiction, 50% of all alcoholics is genetics. 50%. means if you're... Family member was an alcoholic. Likelihood is, you got a good chance of being an alcoholic. And my friend figured that out and said, I, I won't even smell it. I don't want to be around it. According to the to American Society of Addictions, that 18 million people are addicted to alcohol. Uh, we lose about 100,000 people every year to alcoholism. One in 12 people... Or alcoholics. Well, think about that. If we just went in this room and started counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, Nancy Gibson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you get, you get my point. I mean, one or 12. And, and, and it could be passed on. So, so here's the thing if, if that's you, what are you passing on to your children? We've inherited that. There are other things we inherited that we have to pay attention to. So guess what? Sin is one of those things that we inherit. We inherited it from, from Adam. And you go, I, I just don't think that's fair. How can a loving God who loves me make me a sinner because Adam sinned? Well, let's, just, let's turn the question around. How can a loving God... Let one person take your sins to the cross. You see, God is always a God of love. You read through Scripture, you find God's never caught off guard. He always has a plan. He knows what's happening. Isaiah, we read about the one who would be crushed for our iniquity. But but even in the Genesis story... We read where God says to Adam and Eve, don't eat from this tree, but when you do, he knew they were going to. He already knew. And he had a plan. So first first part of this is, and the big idea is we recognize that um, That we're sinners because of Adam's disobedience. But the second part of the big idea talks about Christ's obedience and what that does for you. That makes us righteous. Look at verse 19 again. Verse 19 tells us, because one person has disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made right. Now, there's a difference in the many will be made right here. It's not that everybody gets to salvation. Not everybody gets to come to know Christ. Well, let me back up. Everybody has the opportunity. Not everybody will choose the opportunity. You follow? Everybody tracking? Everybody has the opportunity. Not everybody will choose the opportunity. Everybody doesn't get a choice on whether you're a sinner. You are a sinner. But you do have a choice if you want That justification that being made right but you got to choose that now I think most of you understand and know where I stand when it comes to every child's a winner I think every child's a winner except for the losers Um, I, I grew up in a generation that that saw things as as simple as I went to birthday parties and went home not with a gift You know why? It wasn't my birthday. You go to kids' birthday parties today and everybody goes home with a gift. Uh, I went and played baseball games. I was in the science fair. I didn't walk away with a participation trophy. I only got a trophy if I, what? Won. You know, if you don't place first, second, or third, sorry about your luck, try it again next year. Here's a pat on the back for trying. We live in such a different culture today that we give everybody a participation trophy. Everybody, everybody gets something. We don't want any child to be hurt. But let's think about that for a second. Here's, here's what that does that teaches our children poor theology. Because it teaches them that everybody deserves and should get this. Well, as life goes on, not everybody gets everything. Show of hands, you ever been turned down? Yeah. Show of hands. How many times you have been turned down by a job? Yeah. Turned down by uh, so asking somebody out? Charlie, don't shake your head no. I mean, you understand what it means to have setbacks. I'm afraid we're raising a generation, and I've already raised them, who believe they're entitled. We call them millennials. And the thing is, they think they should be called righteous without Christ without faith and obedience that that God should just love me God does love everyone he died for every single person but those who will spend eternity with him recognize him as father Recognize his act on the cross, that he sent his one and only son. Jeremiah tells us, Jeremiah 17 tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. Listen, we we live in a world that is deceitful. Our heart is deceitful. The things that we say is deceitful. So again, in in verse, the big idea, go back to it. I want you to catch that it is because of Christ's obedience. It's because of Christ's obedience that you and I can have life everlasting. But you and I can only have everlasting life if we call upon the name of the Lord. Paul goes on in Romans ten thirteen. One, one of these days, I'm, I'm going to do a whole series on the book of Romans, and I just don't know that we can cover it in two years, to be honest with you. But ten thirteen, he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what, church? Saved. The only way you and I can be right that our sins can be forgiven, is that we recognize who Christ is. Remind you, all sin requires punishment. All sin requires punishment. So it's only gonna happen one of two ways. Either God's gonna take your punishment because Christ took your punishment. Or God's gonna dish that punishment on you and you'll spend eternity in hell. Christ either took it or you'll take it in eternity in hell. One of two ways. So what's our takeaways? What, 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 do, we, what do we need to catch from this? Well, let me give you three things. Here's the takeaway. Your sin separates you from God. Your sin separates you from God. Every time you and I f- continue to fall down this, this rabbit hole, we are separating ourselves from God. Think of it this way. Uh, Go home. If you're married, go home and and get in an argument with your spouse and see how well the rest of your day goes. Do you think in that argument things are going to go well? I mean, go home. Men, go home and tell your wife she can't cook like her mother. Now, some will go, I could have told him that. You pick it out. You just you know what sets you know what sets them off. See how your day goes. What happens in that day? Everything kind of goes south, does it not? If you're not married, call a family member and tell them they act like their mother or their father or something. You know what I'm saying. And you'll see that relationship go south. Same way with sin. When you and I begin to sin our relationship with God begins to go south. And as we continue to sin and as we continue to go down that path, that relationship doesn't get healthy until we come to the place in our own life and realize we're the problem. Just like it won't be any, it won't be good until, men, you go home and make up with your wife and tell her she's the best cook in the world, that she's a rock star. Sin separates us from God 1 John 1 5 tells us this This is the message that we've heard from him And we declare to you God is light And there is absolutely no darkness in him Here's the thing God doesn't have darkness Sin is darkness We separate ourselves from that as long as we continue to, to fall into sin and not repenting of it, we separate ourselves. Second thing we learned this morning is Christ came to save you from your sins. Christ came to save you. Not a thing in the world you can do to save yourself. Not a thing in the world that you can do to redeem yourself. Now, there's a lot of things in this world we are able to redeem ourselves from. Hey, we make a, you know... We can make a mistake and we can redeem ourselves from that mistake in somebody else's eyes. We we can we can mess up in one area and fix it. But when it comes to the life itself, there's no fixing it. It's like when I was learning to to swim. I, I really wasn't learning to swim until they threw me in the deep end. Then I was learning to swim. I was at camp when I was a kid, and we used to go Owensboro to Hallsville, Davis County Association, to their camp. Uh, JJ from Owensboro, and their association owns it. Uh, have you ever been there? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I was afraid he was going to say no. I was going to have to have a, a meeting with him or something. Anyways, Schaefer had this pool, and when you were at children's camp, we went swimming three times a day. It wasn't any, nothing any greater than that. We went morning, noon, and night. Well, anytime you get around children in, in water, the, what, what happens? They want to attack the adults. And so we were attacking adults, trying to drown him. He picks me up and he, they would ask, can you swim? Yes. And they'd throw you the deep end. No, they throw you the shallow end. They pick me up. Guy I know very well, Joe Galloway. He picks me up makes the assumption I can swim, throws me to the deep end. When all the splashing, ain't nobody paying attention. Ernie's over here trying to get his breath and go, how do I swim? At that moment, I begin to realize I should have practiced before I got to that point. There was no, (laughs) I can trust you, I could not save myself at that moment. Praise the Lord, one of the other adults look over and I'm bubbling and they grab me. And they pull me up. You and I are bubbling without Jesus. We're drowning and we need Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me give you the third thing. You can be saved if you believe. You can be saved if you believe. Listen, you can come to this point in your life, and you may be just like I was in that water bubbling and needing salvation. You can get it. But you've got to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You've got to believe that Christ died on a cross for you. Acts 2, 21 tells us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Sound familiar? Paul says that, we've read that already. Peter makes that statement at Pentecost. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning I want to ask you, you, what kind of relationship do you have with the Lord? Are you bubbling? Or are you saved? Are you walking in obedience or disobedience? This morning we're going to come and we observe the Lord's Supper elements and you've got those with you. Let me encourage you to take those right now. These elements remind us of the greatest love that you and I can ever experience. For you see, the you take the the cup and you look in the bottom of the the cup, you find the bread. It reminds us of the body of Christ that was broken for us. That Jesus lived a perfect and holy life, that he came to a place in this earth, he left heaven to come be a man to take on the sins of the world. His body was beaten, broken on a cross. That's true love. One man would lay down his life for another. So as the night of the Lord's Supper right before the Passover as they were going Jesus begins to change the meaning of the elements because they had always considered the Passover lamb in Egypt now it's different we come and we take the, the bread let's pray together Father we this morning take this bread recognizing it's your body broken for us We ask that, Father, you remind us of your great love. May we walk in obedience with you. Amen. Would you take and eat? We come to the juice. That night... Jesus is talking. He says, this is my blood poured out for you. And, and, you know, I'm thinking, why don't somebody go, hey, oh, didn't you just mess that up? It's the, the lamb's blood poured out. But everybody is silent. Scripture tells us nothing. We don't read anything there. Days later, we would recognize Jesus on the cross. His blood was spilled for you and for me. Again, showing us great love. This morning, we come to take that. Walking in obedience, not disobedience. Recognizing God's love for us. Would you pray with me? Father, in this moment, we take this cup, reminding us of the love that you have, that you sent your one and only Son, that your Son poured out his blood, that we may have life everlasting. Thank you. For it's in your Son's name we pray take and drink. Now the praise team is going to come. On the night that they observe the Lord's Supper, they leave the room singing. We're going to sing this morning, just as I am, reminding us that it's God who wants us just as we are in all our sinful ways. To acknowledge Him. Once we acknowledge Him, He'll begin the process of transformation in our life, spiritual growth, those types of things. But to be saved says, come just as you are. So if you're watching us by television today, you're listening to us on the live stream, or watching us there, here's what we want you to do. If there's a decision on your heart, if you want to know more about Christ and His love for you, would you just send a text or call this number, 270-681-2363. 270-681-2363. You call that, we'll answer you. Beginning this new year, we're going to do something different. If you're here this morning and, and there's a decision on your heart, you want to pray, you want just somebody, maybe it's somebody to pray with you over a friend who needs to know Christ. At the end of the service, what we're going to ask you to do, we're going to ask you to leave these exit doors. I'll be out there, and I'll pray with you. If there's a decision on your heart. You want to join a church. Whatever that case is, you come out those doors while everybody else is exiting this way. Whatever God is doing, would would you just respond? Would you let 2021 be the year that God changes your life for eternity? Stand with me.